Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Swifties. Welcome to another episode of the Winging the F1 podcast. We did think there'd be a bit of a blank space at the start of this podcast, at the start of this week, to talk about F1. We've had a few weeks off, but no, because the biggest story in the history of Formula One has broken. The anti-hero of Formula One himself, Fernando Alonso, is now dating our favourite pop star, Taylor Swift. Obviously, this is the big story of the podcast. We're not going to talk about whoever James Allison is. We're not going to talk about some some sketchy sprint format for the, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix that's coming up this week. You know, the fourth Grand Prix of the season that Rebel probably will win. We're not going to talk about that because this is prime prime news for a reputable every reputable outfit of news ever. And that's, that's basically us, I think. Um, I'm Freddie. I have seen Taylor Swift. And I'm with Nigel and Adam, um, who haven't. Um, Nigel's in Berlin. He's in a hotel room. Is he going to be visited by um, Taylor Swift there? Probably not. Um, Adam's in Sheffield. Kind of weirdly feel like that's more likely to have a Taylor Swift visit. I don't know why. Mm. I know Berlin's the capital of Germany. But anyway, how are you guys? Nigel, why are you in Berlin? Uh, because I'm meant to be back in the UK, but there's an airport strike. So that's why I'm still in Berlin right now, uh, to answer your question. But I'm also here for the Formula E. Really? <laughs> but the reason I'm in Berlin now is because of the strike, which isn't my fault, obviously. <laughs> I don't blame you for any strike, Nigel. Um, Adam, how are you? How is how is your the last throes of your university career? Um, it's uh, last minute, as predictably. <laughs> uh, so, oh no. Yeah, um... <laughs> Yeah, entirely predictably, um, it is very last minute, but there's something quite um, not calming, but focusing about when you just know it's like six weeks left and you can see the finish line and it's just that, you know, that's where it is. Do you want to appeal for interviewees on the podcast? Um, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm all good there. If anyone wants, oh, to, good. Um, if anyone wants, good wants to write an article about uh, for a football fanzine, though, then, you know, DM us at... Twitter at Adam Dickinson 01, which now doesn't have a blue tick, so you won't know. Well, I mean, you will if you type that in. But if you just type in Adam Dickinson for the blue tick, you wouldn't have known. It's me because I don't have one anymore. So right. You never had one in the first place, mate. No, that was me. I was the one. Yeah. 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 So if one finally team. has one, though. When it, when, when it was able to verify places, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get one. <laughs> then they got given one for free afterwards anyway, after the cull. So who knows what's going on with Twitter? I've not been offered one. Although maybe by the next podcast I will have, in which case. You know you can just pay if you're an organisation, £1,140, <laughs> then you can pretend to be an organisation. You can get verified. You know, it's not like that's happened today, the day we record. Oh, wait, it has. Anyway, we use Twitter to publicise this podcast, so let's let's move on. Um, let's not upset the Elon heads who are probably... Um, trying to dig up every bit of dirt on our lives now i don't really know um how many how many elon heads listen to our podcast do you think well, i don't know it's not I reckon there's a location of 12 i reckon 12 12 12 if you are one of these 12 elon heads then um great good for you um because well, he's martian isn't he i know people think he's from south africa but he's from mars but that doesn't show up on acast locations either no, so can't it doesn't. Tell right, that. but I don't think he lives listens in Mars. That's also very true. He's probably got a um, 
a US phone contract, so it probably registers as a US download. Um, but anyway, Elon Musk, hey, <laughs> how's it going, man? Um, oh, chill, chill a bit, all right. Oh, anyway, so <laughs> um, that's that. That's that internet problem dealt with. Um, let's move on to probably a much bigger deal which is the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We're not going to spend the whole time talking about Taylor Swift as much as we'd like to. We're not going to be here till midnight. Um, I hate myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bad word if this continues. Just just in case that wasn't picked up, there's going to be bad blood if this continues. Yes, it was picked up. (laughs) Like like on... um, Oh, what the oh, there's a um, Catster's Countdown episode where James Acaster and Lee Mack are just repeating each other's jokes so that one of them makes it into the edit and then they all make it into the edit. It's a oh, Christmas yeah, episode, actually, so you can't watch Countdown it for episode, wasn't it? Where James Acaster and Lee Mack just repeated all of each other's jokes to see if they'd make it into the edit and they all made it into the edit. The Christmas film. Um, <laughs> sorry, that, that was on a plate. Um, you need to calm down. the worst thing I've ever done. Um, Anyway, Nigel, you have strong opinions about the new sprint format. Yes, there's a new sprint format in Formula One. Just when you thought you'd forgotten about it, it's back, but you haven't remembered it correctly because it's different. So what's going on? Nigel, give us the lowdown. Give us the rundown. Give us the downdown. I'll give you the downdown now. So basically, (laughs) the 10 teams have (laughs) agreed uh, to have a new format. So it'll be FB1 on Friday, qualifying. Uh, for the main race on Friday, and then Saturday is basically just for the sprint. So there'll be a separate qualifying for the sprint than the sprint itself. But that uh, that qualifying on the Saturday, the second one, is set to be a bit different. Now, it's not Ooh. clear yet what the details are. There might be a shootout in Q3. The session times uh, should be a bit shorter. Uh, so there's small tweaks like that, but then the actual sprint itself is still 100 kilometers, no pit stops, eight points down to one point for eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got the main race on Sunday. So those are the main things that are changing. It's basically become a standalone event, the sprint, which is what a lot of people wanted, I think. Yeah. And the second qualified session has been introduced. My opinion look, I've never been a fan of these sprint races. Oh, if you're not, not oh, you could have fooled us. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we, we, go back to no, go back to November. We re-uploaded something between just me and Adam for twenty minutes debating about it. It's brilliant. But yeah, my opinion for that Goodness. hasn't really changed. Is this format a bit better? Well invited. Potentially, potentially a bit better. Uh, but I just don't know. Having two qualifiers, having kind of two of those high points. I just, I don't know. It, what would make you happy? Make... What about this doesn't, what about this change now is so annoying anyway? I don't think it's annoying. It's just. Because I, I, like you say, this is, this is what they're doing is they're separating the sprint from the Grand Prix. So the Grand Prix has its sanctity that for some reason it, it, it feels, people feel like it deserves. And then it's just adding an extra bit of F1. It's adding an extra competition to it. I'm okay with that. For me, it's very much... No, you must only have one race. It must be on a Sunday, and Friday must be boring. No, it's not boring, because, like... Friday must have long run. What's wrong with a two-day weekend? What's wrong with that? Nothing. But what's wrong with having a three-day weekend where two days are more interesting? Because for me, qualifying should be about one lap pace, 
on, on a Saturday. And it's Saturday. not... But qualifying still is about one lap pace. It's just on a Friday and on a Saturday. But then you got a sprint as well, and I'm not a fan of the sprint. But the sprint, the sprint now is just a race. But it's the boring part of a race. It's the first stint of a race. There's no pit stop. F1 to mm-hmm. be excited, you need a pit stop. The sprint doesn't have a pit stop. That's why everyone's That's a cautious. bold statement. Um, I, 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 I think just okay. So make the sprint fifteen laps longer. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that would improve it. Yeah, that would improve cool, it. Yeah. Cool. That didn't seem like that was your original complaint. What, what was my original complaint? Nigel didn't know his original <laughs> Just complaint. Just that it was happening. <laughs> was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, even before these new changes. Uh, I'm just not a fan of, this, of these sprints. I mean, MotoGP have got them now, haven't they, and stuff like that. And it's been kind of mixed reception there, I think. So it does seem to be... Well, MotoGP have done it differently. They've done it every race weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I feel like it sort of looks at sort of what other really quite successful bike championships have done. Look at British Superbikes, look at World Superbikes, which actively race in sort of three races over the weekend with more of a sprint format across the, across the board. And they've been booming recently in recent years. So from a bike perspective, they've gone the way of the, of, of sort of two hundred bike competition. Um, and I think that can translate to F1 pretty pretty well. And I think I think they, they back themselves into a corner by doing the qualifying for some reason on, you know, having the two qualifying sessions is a bit weird. Like you do kind of feel like, um, why do you have to sort of have that sort of weird parachute day in between with the Saturday? It just feels like they've, they've just, that does feel a bit on the fly. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. But I, I like the idea of having, two races and i like the idea of that being you know on a saturday and on a on a sunday or on weekend you see that on loads of stuff i don't think it really matters um we don't see a sprint you just see two proper full races like four yeah why not do that and you can have two morning qualifying sessions and then two afternoon races and yeah i'll take that on a friday i'll I'll take that two qualifying sessions then two races yeah saturday so yeah i'd love there is every chance that i mean because naturally formula one by by its own just existence is is that has much more much fewer variables than every other category in 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 motorsport like an IndyCar like a Formula E hell even like MotoGP where like even if you, if you have the same thing on the same day it's more likely in F1 to be exactly the same than in um in a different category but they 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 gave that a go in 2020. You looked at both Silverstone races that year, the British Grand Prix and his 70th anniversary Grand Prix. They just did different tyre compounds and completely changed the face of the race. So I feel like they could just do something like that on two weekends. You can have a practice session, two practice sessions on Friday, one with one set of tyres, one with another set of tyres. You have an hour, two, two hour and a half practice sessions there and then qualifying race, qualifying race, just deal with it after that. I quite like that. I like that as well. I can agree with you on that. Adam, what are your thoughts though? You've not said what you um, think. Yeah, well, I mean, they've only got one practice session and then they're just into everything for the rest of the weekend. So it would even be be That's even harder fun, to yeah. be be even harder to be ready for it for the whole weekend. But um I think it just I it's a very much wait and see for me. Like they I think the worry is the this sprint race could just be dull and could just be a procession. Like, you know, it, it's Baku. Baku can go kind of one of two ways, really. But I think in general, like, what's what's most important for the sprint weekend is what is the tracks they pick to do them at, really. Like, Interlagos has delivered some great action 
on the two sprint races they've had i'm not as optimistic for spa because it's not been not been great we've not had a good belgian grand prix in ages and you know i I think yeah I, i think it's kind of one to wait and see how it turns out and i'm not yeah, I'm not going to kind of make too many um, judgments on it before we've seen it in action. And equally, we shouldn't judge it on just one race. So if it is really yeah. good, you know, we shouldn't judge it on that. If it's really bad, we shouldn't judge it on that. It's just, for me, sprint as a whole, you know, with this format, with the format we've had over the last couple of years, not for me. It does bring uh, me back to my kind of original it. opinion on criticism of sprints, which is, yeah, like you say, it's the first stint of a Grand Prix. But I, I think saying that F1 needs a pit stop to be exciting is a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card for the fact that F1's on-track product just isn't exciting then. Um, and I think I think there's a bigger argument to be made that a sprint isn't exciting if there isn't a pit stop. Well, no, Formula 1 on track then just isn't exciting. So I think it's a bigger problem with that kind of thing. And, you know, there was then the... the that was my main thought process through 2021. And then you got the 2022 regulations, which didn't make the biggest... Den did make it better and I think definitely really helped in making the Interlagos sprint and both the and the Imola sprint that year. Um two out of the th- the three sprints really quite interesting um races. Um so I, I think based on that subset of based on that subset, it kind of lends itself to this format a bit more anyway. I mean so, that 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 is something I was going to pick up on is I'll be interested to see and again, like we can't really tell this off one race, but by and large, the majority of Grand Prix that have had a sprint race preceding them have been entertaining. So it's, you know, whether that is because it's had the sprint before it or whether it's just kind of, you know, a coincidence, then, you know, we there's there's still that debate going on. But it's whether uncoupling it from the Grand Prix altogether. And again, like, you know, we can only see this over like five to ten events, but whether that does make it less entertaining or whether it doesn't have any impact at all or yeah whether it was just a coincidence but that is something that could be um yeah i'd I'd be interested to see whether that does have an impact or looks like it has an impact uh this weekend i still think it's a crime that they didn't do the first race of the 2022 regulations as a sprint weekend in bahrain i still think that would have been the best usage of a sprint ever just just one practice session new cars go for it (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it would have made much difference. Ultimately, if the fastest car starts on pole and is and is leading after lap one, they're going to win the sprint race. So why blame the format? Because I, there's just then no point to do qualifying in the race. No point to do any of it. <laughs> the car's going to start on pole. Well, know. yeah, exactly. It's it's a never-ending spiral. All these things can be countered with something equally as preposterous. Um, it's it's all a bit kind of at the end of the day. I think yeah, I think me and Adam sort of sit in the same kind of regard of you know what. I mean, if we were free all weekend, it would be great. But um, a a practice session can be dull. And what they've done with the sprint weekend is they've gone, oh yeah, this practice session on the on the Saturday morning was redundant. We just wanted to have a session. Why not? Let's just do something a bit a little bit more different. And give it a go. I think the the premature lead up to these changes being so last minute to the weekend who knows maybe we'll have more changes throughout the year as sprint races go on we've got six this week this this season i wouldn't be against random things being trialed across at wherever the other ones are i think austria qatar um usa 
Interlagos and somewhere else. Doesn't that take away a bit from the integrity of the championship if you throw random things in here and there, whatever? It depends how they how they are, in my opinion. If the if if it's thrown in where it's just like some ridiculous like like that completely pivots the way an order of a race is. I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, a sprint race doesn't completely doesn't alter a competitive order in a Grand Prix at all, for, for my opinion. Um, so I think if it is just a case of extending and making it a longer race, or if it is just a case of just um, just sacking it off and doing like stage stages and things like that. So like at this stage in the race, if you're at this position or if this, I don't know if there's, if there's an element of doing it like that. Um, I know stages have been profoundly unpopular in NASCAR, so that's probably not the route to go down. And I would recommend not to, but I think there are different routes you can go down that keep the so-called um, integrity because yeah, I do agree that mid season changes can be a, can be a, a cluster. <laughs> well, you, you yeah. Know I, yeah. I, I mean, it's a difficult one because I think they are trying to figure out what works and you can't really try all that. Like you can only do it at Grand Prix weekend. So it's quite a difficult one in terms of, you know, now now they have this idea and they're running with this idea for better or worse, then, you know, they are trying to make changes. They are trying to act on fan feedback and they are trying to, you know, see if they can mix it up and see if there's a way to do that. But, you know, it's then like, you know you don't have a controlled environment you do just have you know the grand prix the world championship so i don't i think ultimately it will be a good thing if they settle on a format but until that point then i don't you know unless it's like we're still talking about this in 10 years and they're still like doing (laughs) formats every we try and see what works but you know if it does take them a few years to iron out the the best way of doing for it um of, of doing these sprint races then i don't really mind that I should say as well, the World Motorsport Council had to ratify this on Wednesday, yes. but they should, because David Nadine at the time did do okay. Okay. Uh and but again on the second over the sprint qualified, we're not entirely sure what that'll be. But if they do do a one lap shootout in Q three, I think that will be one of the massive positives because I've always thought yeah, Q three cool. maybe not all the time, but sometimes at say the big events, do a one lap shootout where the cars go go out one by one because then if uh, the best driver, so in this case for Stappen up with, with the best team and best car, if he makes a mistake, and he'll naturally be 8th, ninth, 10th, whereas now you get two runs in, in Q3, that kind of thing. So, super pole. Yeah, super pole, yeah, and yeah. other series do it as well. So I'm a massive, yeah. massive fan of a Q3 one-lap shootout. Uh, they, so I that's do, a big positive. I, I do really like the the drama of qualifying where if, if it is competitive, then it can change you know, like three times in 20 seconds or, you know, like there's that ultimate yeah. drama. It all comes down and it doesn't always happen. But I think, yeah, that that's just like, you. I really, really like that. And I think that's probably, you know, a more consistent or maybe not this season with Red Bull being where they are. But when things have been competitive, then it's just like, you know, consistent way of producing drama is the knowledge that things could change, you know, or all in the space of a second at the end. And then, you know, it can, it can flip-flop as I say, like three times in in the space of you know less than a minute to at the end of a session. So I do really like that. But um, there's room for again, both, in my opinion. Yeah, have yeah, both. Like, yeah. I would have both. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think yeah. No one's saying. I think yeah, we're all agreed that and aligned that you can have situations where you've got this car in sector one, this car in sector two, this car in sector three, and they're all 
blasting mm. the timing sheet. But you can also have it where each driver's then individual lap is analysed in such a way as it's live and things like that. And you can see, oh, the sort of, I think there's there's a similar kind of level of um, shock when a driver that looks like they're going to get pole then makes a massive mistake or something like that. And I think there's a there's always a high like a, such a pressure on a final qualifying lap. But I think you know it's only natural that when you go out on your warm up lap that you're aware that every camera is pointed at you and you can't you can't rely on on a hidden mistake or anything like that. Like yeah, it's like that that also helps. I know this is only one example, but for Stappen Saudi Arabia 2021 qualifying, that was almost like a shootout because Alton set his lap with the fastest lap of two, three minutes ago. And then Verstappen, we saw his whole lap mm. and then he crashed at the final corner. And I think having that one lap as well for Q3, that risk versus reward is even bigger. And mm. for me, that's having that factor is a really important thing as well in, 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 in any sports. You need variables, you need factors, and F1 does need that and I also think for the midfield teams getting into Q3 that's a massive reward because then we get to see the whole lap and the sponsors will be on the car and that kind of thing whereas right now we only see the top cars so I think for the midfield teams it's a positive a small positive as well see a point I was going to make about that was if that is the case I would say do eight cars or something for a Q3 not do it with 10 cars because otherwise then that would be too long really yeah and then for a shootout I feel like there needs to be a sort of real top draw to it and I appreciate what you're saying about sort of giving the time of day but um I feel like for the most part that can just lend itself to um being like oh great this is wonderful but it does become a bit tootly and I think for the most part I don't know maybe even a top six shootout kind of thing even yeah, just... I think five, six, eight, ten for me doesn't matter too much. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, eight. I mean, right now, eight cars. You, there are clearly the four fastest teams, but I guess seventh and eighth could be a bit different if Stroll or one of the Ferrari drivers doesn't have a good qualifying or whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. eight, ten. I'm not too fussed about either. Yeah, it's it's it. it, it I think yeah, I think it'd be a favoured working. Um, difference of a qualifying i do i do i would be surprised if it's just a 20 minute qualifying session rather than a um a carefully structured one hour different session i wouldn't be surprised if it is just a well go out and do it now deal with it and that kind of thing or whether they do it with one car per team or something like that just for the sake of being different um and as you say adam there's no harm in what was already there anyway so I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they'll end up doing something really convoluted and adding all the qualifying times from Friday and Saturday together. <laughs> that would be huh. that would be novel. That's never happened before. Going back to twenty years of one where that just did happen. Um, but um, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, Baku, yeah, weird track. Um, always been a bit kind of odd. Always, always feels like it has so much hype because. 2017 was chaotic and te- 10 laps of 2018 and two laps of 2021 were also. Um, so what are your sort of expectations? I always, I've always felt it's a bit kind of quirky and can be some really, it can be some really odd strategies that never seem to quite be given the chance to come to, come to play. Uh, Adam, yeah. what, where's your stand on, on Baku? Yeah, I, I feel like it is 
still in a lot of fans minds living on the high of its opening although the first race i believe wasn't very good but um yeah that's 17 17 18 19 um were exciting um so i think it's still kind of living off a bit of the high of that whereas the last two races i mean yes there was um drama at the end of 2021 but i wouldn't kind of class it you know a it wasn't for the right reasons in terms of verstappen you know the the reason that he um the reason that it was the championship that oh no way it didn't um because leclerc championship um so yeah i i think that it's still living off that hype but equally you go to it knowing that anything can happen which is still exciting and i think it does still have that aura and yeah as um as the staff found out even if it wasn't for you know a driver or anything like that then it can you know you can be thrown off in an instant and there really is pretty much no room for error so it, it, it feels like quite an well it feels like if there's another bad race or dull race or weekend then it will start i think we'll start to see the kind of Court of public opinion turn against it a bit, but um, yeah, it's it's not a consistent track in terms of you know the the top tier for me, but it is you know there's you just always know that anything can happen there, and that is you know having that excitement or drama all the way to the end is something to be said for it. Absolutely, uh, very low tire deck as well, so it's always one pit stop, which isn't great, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but, and it's going to dry as well. Uh, but Adam's right. The risk is risk versus reward that we talked about before with wars being close. Safety car, hard chances of a safety car as well. So then the restarts are very, very fun because that flat out section at the end, that's where the Baku uh, classic moments and races we've had have come from because of those factors and incidents that we've had. So yeah, I think it's one of the best newer because I knew it's been around for 2016, but, but you know, the newer tracks compared to the rest of the, of the calendar uh, that have been introduced over the last, well, this century. Uh, but I think Red Bull are going to have the car to beat because they've got the best straight line speed. The efficiency yeah. they've got from uh, having the straight line speed and the downfalls in the, in the corners is just outstanding. And I think that's going to really come into play this weekend for me. So I'd say if it's normal race, it's going to be a battle for a second, just like we've had in the first few races. It's just have the rest of the teams close the gap with development because they have had four weeks where the factory hasn't been shut down like it is during the summer break. So they will bring upgrades and that kind of thing. I know some teams are bringing upgrades to Europe instead, but McLaren are going to bring a big package. And I think every team is going to have some kind of new bit on the car as well so that will make tenths of a difference and tenths is massive in motorsport i mean crucially though red bull have also had four weeks to to get there (laughs) to get the next step ahead yeah yeah and i I think yeah top speeds this weekend are going to be pretty impressive i do think i do think it's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on the speed traps through two qualifying sessions, I think from that side, you're going to have some real high speeds. And if there's an element of um, of slipstreaming going on, then it's going, which there, there will be, but if there's, you know, a significant element of it where you can really see a huge difference, it's going to be pretty impressive to see. I I, I think that's fact that it's going to be impressive where Red Bull will end up with, with straight line speeds, unless there's some wild inconsistency with their 
performance on this track. And we have seen inconsistencies with the Red Bull. Um, that their tires, their tire temperatures, fronts has been, and their front end has been, has been fickle at best. Um, but they have a lot of pace across the rest of the lap to sort of make up for it. But at the end of the day, as much as we're saying Rebel are going to walk, I would walk it. I really wouldn't be surprised if if they just can't get through turn one on one particular lap because on uh, such a heavy braking that we saw in the sort of hairpin final second to last corner at Australia, Verstappen going off onto the grass, it it's not um it's is it for them it's it's an okay corner to come back on the track there. The first corner at Baku, well, pretty much any corner at Baku isn't an okay corner to make a mistake at. Maybe the sort of last real corner turn 16 or whatever is before the wiggly bit of the straight the main straight but the rest of them i feel like pretty harmful if you make them if you have a front lock so <laughs> what what have we come to if we're sort of talking about maybe rebel had a front lock but um the sort of, uh, I, I you could sort I've... of talk to it as being a bit of a bit of a you know a, a, a finger behind their back australia don't want rebel we're having all kinds of problems on the Friday and Saturday. It was because of the temperature, I thought, because it was super mm-hmm. cold and it just didn't get the tyres working. Whereas Azerbaijan should be fine. And I mean, I know the, be normal, the tires yeah. were, I know the tyres were cool a lot on the on the long straight, but I just think the track temperature should mean that we shouldn't. Well, certainly for Perez, we shouldn't see a repeat of that. And plus, Perez, I think he alluded that there was an inherent problem. Anyway, don't know what it was, but. To four weeks that to fix it, issue. like I, yeah. like you will say, four weeks to fix it. Um, so are we saying Red Bull one two, yes. For the Stappen, sprint race or the actual race, both. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> um, third place in the sprint. I mean, I, 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 on the Red Bull, like it is one. Like there is just that thing in the back of my mind that, like you know, something can something can not happen, but like equally it could. You know, just go wrong with any of the other eighteen cars on the grid. So I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna predict it. But I do, I feel like it's not. Um, You've got that yeah. feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got that that gut instinct. But uh, sure, but, it works. Yeah. You said third place, don't it, Freddie? Who's gonna have third place for the sprint? Who do you think? Well, I think Aston Martin. <clears throat> they have the weakest straight line speed out of the top four teams, so I don't but, think they're gonna be quite they led, as led laps in Saudi. They did. They did. Uh, but based on that, know. I'm going. I'm going Leclerc. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the Mercedes, both both of the Mercedes, will be third. One of the one of the Mercedes will be third in the sprint and the main race for me. Cool. I think Leclerc. Uh, to be honest, both. I think Leclerc. I think he's going to be just that. He's always good at this track. Yeah. Oh yeah. Apart from, I'm stupid. Apart from when he crashed. Yeah. Well, it's 2021 yeah. pole uh, position lap. Out. It's 2021 pole position. That was something else. Uh, um, I I'm think I can see Leclerc for the sprint. I still don't think I'm still not uh, uh putting my eggs in Ferrari's race pace basket. So I'll go Mister Third Place Fernando Alonso. Yeah, it's it based on the, uh, the opening three. It's the, <laughs> can, yeah, consistent best <laughs> betting on form. Yeah, the form guard. <laughs> um. I think to be honest, yeah, we're expecting more of the same from Formula One. That's a race where you will be getting the same cars for the most part and the same drivers. So and that's when it comes to surprise you. Every time we think it's going to happen, it just suddenly. I remember it happened. No, always now you're trying to reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't deliberately it reverse psychologize it. <laughs> Malaysia 2015, Austria 2019. 
four years apart as well. Twenty twenty three. It's gonna be Baku twenty twenty three. I mean, like, I mean, you know. All right, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Baku 2023 is going to be just the start of a new world order of Formula One. Um, I'm interested to see the over-under of uh, safety car laps in the F2 races as well, because that's oh, traditionally been a lot. Formula Two at Baku, just watch it. Um, yeah. Don't have any, don't hold on to any stakes or emotions with it. I'm just let the it happen. Also watch the snooker. Nigel's going to be no, there in bother. Sheffield. Um, or go to Donington Historic Festival, where I will be at Donington, like Lewis Hamilton. Cool people go to Donington. Um, but that's that's all we've got time for, really. We're going to wrap it up with Donington being the last word. You should all go to Donington. Um, I'm Freddie Donington. He's Adam Donington. And that's Nigel Donington. Um, and we've been the Donington Historic Festival at Donington Park. So thank you very much and see you next time. 22. What are we doing on? What's the, what's the podcast we about? <laughs> Taylor Swift, we've been through this. Oh, of course. It's all about Taylor Swift. I'm I'm noting down all of my uh all of my candidates. So how do we do the entry for the podcast if we're doing what it? What like you made me do is like so many words. I'll just one. just add check it twice. Oh that's too late now. Oh, you touched a light, Nigel. I just touched that. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> all right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Swifties. We're here for another edition of the Winging It F1 podcast. But today, we're going to get absolutely different. I couldn't think of a song. Um, I said absolutely different. <laughs> I'm going to do that again. Um, yeah, go for it. I need, a, I need a single for the intro. I'm single. I'm in the intro.